hello, hello. Welcome to Book Babes Banter, your go-to place to listen to all things bookish. Every episode, we'll talk about what we're currently reading and dive into a bookish theme. I'm Sal. And I'm Soph. And today we're going to talk about all things fan fiction. But before we get there, Soph, what are you currently reading? Okay, so because this was fan fiction episode, I actually read a few new fanfics for Dramini. They're by no means the most known ones, but I was like, oh, I still have a bunch of these in the backlog. So I had finished uh, Devil Doesn't Bargain. I finished Manacold, and I actually have a few new releases coming out that are monster romance. So I'm excited for next week to finish them. But one's how the aliens were one. And then the other one is my billionaire or. So for myself, I'm currently reading The Fake Out by Stephanie Archer. The setup is the FMC is a physiotherapist for a fictional pro hockey team called the Vancouver Mm -hmm. Storm. Her toxic ex-boyfriend joins the team and he is assigned to her and he says some douchey things and so to get back at him and also for the way that he treated her in their relationship. So to get back at him, she ends up fake dating his rival who is also the captain of the hockey team. The MMC, the captain, is very obviously into her. Uh, He hates her ex. And the situation is also beneficial to him because he has to clean up his look. So being with this good girl physiotherapist is good for his PR. It's the second in the series. It's called the Vancouver Storm series, I think. And the couple from the first book are featured throughout this book the one that I'm reading right now and they seem really cute and I definitely want to read the go back and read the first one as well so that's the fake out by Stephanie Archer so like we mentioned earlier we're going to talk about fan fictions this episode but before we get into that I wanted to talk about what's new in bookish (laughs) drama so if you're on tiktok you may have already seen this but there was like this tiktoker her at was like future new york Times bestseller for and (laughs) (laughs) she posted a tiktok and she was like if you give reviews that are three stars or lower you should not be giving a review she was basically saying anything that's not four or five you shouldn't leave that as a review and everybody was just like you know stitching that video and commenting like girl what like (laughs) you cannot tell people what to review your book Mind you, from what I saw, I don't think she has a book, so I don't even know where this came from her. Maybe it came from, like, a conversation with other authors. She deleted the video, Um, but I have strong thoughts about reviews. For me, at least on Goodreads, so Goodreads, if you're not familiar with it, is five stars. And I have a system of how I give book stars if I review them on book reads. So one star, DNF, nobody should listen. Nobody should read it. Like I probably read the first line and I already knew nobody should read it. Two star, 
I picked it up. I finished it. It's a book. I can say it's a book. Would I recommend it? Would I read it like again? No, I can validate that it's a book. I rarely give two stars because it's just like, okay. Three, I'm neutral. Like, it's a good book. It's not a bad book. It's not my favorite book. It's a, it's like, again, like two, it's a book. It's good. I would say people who like that specific genre or storyline will enjoy that book and I'd recommend it. It's probably not the best piece of like literature, like writing style, but it's like a, I'm neutral leaning towards I like it. A four, I really like this book. Four is just a hard, I like this book and teeters on, I love this book. Five is... I love this book. You should love this book. It's changed my life. Everybody should read this book. So fours and fives are pretty hard to get from me. Like You are a hard reader. Yeah, I'm a hard reader because even for my books where I'm like, I love this book, it falls in a three because in Literally, general. Literally, that's you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I like this book, but I'm probably not going to remember this book. And I'm probably not going to recommend this book. And unless you specifically like this genre and type of trope or whatever the plot is, you will not like this book. Like, there's (laughs) not much more to say to that. Like, I'm neutral leaning like, but I don't love you. And I also think, like, I'm American, freedom of speech or whatever, freedom of review. Um. (laughs) The only place I won't really give – Yeah, like I won't give – I will only give four or five stars on like Kindle Unlimited or Amazon because I do know that affects people's sales. I will not review a bad book unless I'm like, oh, this is something that should not exist because, you know, it's – Like in the sense that, you know, maybe there is something like racism or like other stuff inside of it. Like it just should not exist in in the world – and that's your God-given right. Yeah, at least on Kindle Unlimited. Like, freedom of speech, but, like, you know, there's still rights, human rights and stuff. <laughs> yes. um, most of the commentary was, like, similar to what I said, yeah. where a lot of people said their different review levels. And, again, like, on Goodreads, at least, like, almost every book has a four or five. Like, rarely will you see a book that's three, two, one star. Like once, like maybe one star for like a really bad book that never got published. I'm on the boat that you are allowed to rate that book however you want to rate it, especially on a website like Goodreads. That is a place for readers, not for authors. It's designed for readers to share their thoughts on books and connect with other readers. I understand if you feel empathetic or sympathetic towards authors and don't want to leave reviews if it's three or less stars or whatever. That is your choice. But I do think it strips the merits of a place like Goodreads for readers if people feel censored and they can only give reviews if it's positive because then I think it just takes away from the treasure of 
reviews and and the mm-hmm. insight that you get from reviews and actually i feel like it creates a lot of interesting stimulating enriching discourse to talk about why you don't like a book and see what other readers think about that i when I don't like a book, I like to understand why others didn't. Is it just me? Are people seeing the same things that I'm seeing? And even if I do like love a book and it's five stars for me, I want to know what the people who gave three stars are thinking as well. Like where were the gaps for you? Because that just pushes your comprehension and your appreciation and understanding of the book that you read. So I don't know if it was coming from a place like, they feel bad for the author and that affects their sales or whatever. And I understand that. Like, I'm not saying that there isn't merit to what they're saying, but I don't think that it's strong enough to support their call to action. Agreed. Just to clarify, so the actual person who posted it, it was about Goodreads itself, and they want to be like, you know, a New York Times bestseller with their writing. And I don't know if it got triggered. They don't want criticism about it. Yeah. I don't know if that was the reason that they came out and said this. And I have heard other authors with similar sentiments. But the Amazon review part is something someone else said to explain, like they understand it in terms of being an indie Kindle Unlimited author. You don't want to be like not shown there. But somewhere like Goodreads or a review place, any seasoned author or if you're like in book media or PR or if you have any sense – you if you can't handle it and most people think they can but in reality they can't you should not read the comments on no that like I I that's why I said Goodreads is for readers I understand authors have profiles obviously on Goodreads but I just feel like if you genuinely can't handle it and like you said most people can't you shouldn't be reading it you know like that's why you have people to help you refine your craft like your agent should be I don't know reading these things and trying to like help you improve your writing um like you know maybe there are genuine gaps in your writing that people call out and so this could be feedback that an editor gives or something but it's not like um you know I I hope that authors don't spend hours scrolling through those comments you know because it's not productive for them and even though it's your book like it's become the world's book now after being released and it's just like that is separate from you that discourse that is happening even though I obviously it's so hard to detach yourself from it but I just feel like it's it's not personal you know and again it's somebody else's opinion and that is how they interacted with your book So, yeah, so that is what has been plaguing. Well, I don't know if it's plaguing. I think it's going to be over in a quick bit. (laughs) And this is like just a very small, minor other book talk thing. This author, I think his name is like J.D. Carl. He's a very well-known mystery author, apparently. Um, And if I got it wrong, I'll put in the show notes, like the actual author's name. He had sent book talkers and other book influencers an email being like I will pay you to post and promote my new book which is going to be kind of like a smutty 
romantic mystery. And if you have this number of followers, you'll get paid like a hundred, a thousand, blah, blah, blah. That is not the drama. The drama is his requests for posts were that you hold the book to cover yourself and you're wearing nothing else. What the fuck? All of them were like really sexual in nature or being naked. There was one where it's like you take a video and the book should be covering, like you should be wearing nothing. The book should be covering your like, you know, genitals, your tits too. And I'm like, I'm just thinking about all of these amazing big best-selling smutty romance authors who never needed to do that (laughs) yeah also there are success book talkers who put out more risque book promotions but they do it for themselves like there is an author i don't want this man to ask me to do that for money for your book you know it's different like if it's um, yeah, exactly. It's it's different when it comes from yourself. Um, there's a lot more agency in that, I think. But yeah. I don't know. I feel icky about that uh, promo request. Yeah. So um, that was another thing. I mean, the drama around it is I can't believe this guy said it and people just bringing awareness to it. Um, he told people that, oh, it was his PR agency. What? The one that so he like, co-founded. Like, <laughs> oh okay. God. He's like, oh, I shouldn't have let people use my email. The people you what? hired yourself. <laughs> and the prices were like, you could have over 20,000 followers and you'd only get $1,000 for multiple pictures, videos. Wow. Like, sir, what what is the benefit to these people? Um, but yeah, apparently he's a very well-known mystery author, well-respected apparently. I doubt okay. that this will dis- like cause anything for his fan base, but I will put a note in for their actual <laughs> name for anyone else who may receive an email in the future. Yeah. To- this is like, uh, not the, not the, I was hacked. <laughs> no, literally, it's like... I was hacked by myself. <laughs> like, he literally admitted. I hate like, when that happens. That is like when Google emails me and is like, was this you that signed in when I just signed in through like a different device? <laughs> I'm just hacking myself. No, literally, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, you have a new device. I yeah. guess so. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, okay, but like, sorry, I do want to go back to your the first book drama topic. I think this should be a segment on our show whenever you learn of um, book drama. But I do want to say, even when it comes to memoir, I understand where it could feel even more gray on whether or not you can give a poor rating. But I just want I if I have to pick a camp, I stand on the ground that you can give whatever rating you want to a memoir personally I'm not the type that if I didn't like a memoir I wouldn't go write a long paragraph about why I didn't like it especially for a memoir but I do feel like it's still a story and the people in the memoir even though are real people are once they're in that kind of format they become characters to the reader And I think you still, as a reader, are allowed to disagree with the characters and not like them. And maybe the memoir wasn't written well. 
you know, and there's other reasons like maybe that you don't like the way that that story was told, even though it is someone's story. Um, And then, you know, and oftentimes memoir, there's a lot of memoirs that deal with very traumatic and sad things. And it might seem very uneasy to give that a one star, but I do feel like you have the right to do that. So anyways, the whole point is rate things. Okay, well, thank you for the bookish drums. I can't wait till it comes back in another episode. Same. So moving on from the drama to the plot, today's (laughs) episode is dedicated to our first boyfriends. Our boyfriends from our favorite books, shows, movies, and bands who we spent hours and hours loving through fan fiction. And as romance girlies, of course, we love fan fiction too. There's just way too much good material to pass up in fan fiction, and we just can't wait to get into it today. To start us off, I'll just spend some time defining what fan fiction is so that we're all on the same page. So fan fiction is fiction written by a fan of and featuring characters from a particular TV series, movie, band, you name it. I say that because I have heard people think that fan fiction only features fictional characters, but that's not the case. You can write fan fiction about anyone or anything. My experiences with fan fiction have often been skewed towards romance, but one of the beautiful things about this medium is that it has massive breadth. So there's much more to it than love stories, but that's really what we're here for. So with that said, so what are some of your earliest memories of fan fiction? Harry Potter. Um, no, my earliest memories of fan fiction, and I had to think about this a lot because I'm like, how did I search up fan fiction? Like, how did I get there? At least when I was a kid and found, I guess, like fan fiction writing, I'm like, I don't think I knew that word. But yeah, so like in terms of being a fan of something and then reading fiction Mm. about that versus like people who just wrote on different forums. Uh, Harry Potter, again, I don't know how I learned that it exists, but once I did, I was obsessed. And the place – okay, so before Wattpad, I I read exclusively my fan fictions on this website called Quotev. I don't know that one. (laughs) I don't know if it's called Quotev or Quote V, but it's spelled Quote. And then the letter V.com. I don't, again, I don't know how I found this website. And I don't think most people know it. Like, I'm the only person I know who's heard of it. Yeah. Um, but I used to read like a lot of smutty books on there. Um, mm. But I, so that's where I found Harry Potter fan fiction and um, specifically Draco fan fiction. In more recent years, I read more Dramine, but before these past five years, I loved Draco and a random character. Mm. Like, it could be YN, it could be like a, you know, fictional version that the author made themselves, but that is where I started with Harry Potter. I was obsessed with the Weasley twins, so again, in that first bucket, it was like, Draco, the Weasley twins, 
few years later, I think I added Sirius Black into it. Yeah. So my first memory, I think I was like nine or 10. Some comments on what you just shared. I have been thinking lately about how the proliferation of social media has really limited the number of websites I use. I probably only go on like four or five different websites. But then like you were saying, as a kid, you find all these other like niche websites to do things on. It was just like one website for like one particular thing, you know? Oh, you know what I also forgot to mention? I used to be obsessed with Lloyd and Drake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. I I knew Drake, but like I totally forgot it was like all of Young Money. (laughs) So I used to read a lot of Lil Wayne fan fiction as like a 10 11 year old. (laughs) Yeah. A 10 or 11 year old. And I'm reading fan fiction about like, and it's not like about Lil Wayne starting young. He's like an adult. And it's like, oh, there's like gang stuff happening. So like, I feel like there's a lot you could do with lollipop and six foot, seven foot. Um, yeah. When it comes a to Lil Wayne foot, and seven foot lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> I am genuinely baffled by that, but I do love it and I support you. Well, with like my, what I'll say to connect to that is, I did have a page on my Tumblr as a kid. As a kid, like as a young teenager, just dedicated to Drake. I loved Drake for a minute as well. But I I never read Drake fan fiction. um, I can't recall if I read Drake fan fiction just at the time where fan fiction was starting. I don't remember if Drake was big enough for fan fiction. Like, you know, it it was a really long time ago. So there weren't really that many like non-book related fan fiction or Mm -hmm. like something that's fictional. But I do vividly remember reading a Lil Wayne one and he got (laughs) shot in his foot. Like that's how I just had this like flashback in my Is your man okay? I think so. I think he was okay. Yeah. Like it was happily ever after. Their fan fictions. Um yeah. I started on this website called Quote V reading uh, apparently Lil Wayne and Draco Malfoy and the Weasley twins fan fiction. I can totally relate to what you're saying about not – I don't think now that I recall, I knew the term fan fiction, but I was definitely reading these – I was reading fan fiction for sure, but I don't know if I refer to it as such. But for me, like I've always loved fan fiction. Ever since I was a kid, I feel like I've just been – I've just been making fan fiction for myself, not as in writing it, but what I'm getting at is that I've, ever since I was a kid, I've had this constantly playing daydream that involves my fictional boyfriend of the day. Like currently, I'm just saying that like I pressed start like when I was, I don't know, five, six, seven, and I've just been going through these boyfriends (laughs) as I learn of them. But it's to for me, it's like augmented reality where- I have my fictional boyfriend playing alongside my reality. Like, you know, Pokemon Go, how you can see the Pokemon in the room. It's like that, but with my boyfriend. Not my real boyfriend, my fictional boyfriend, who is my real boyfriend. So anyways, this is all just to say, like, I've always loved fandom. 
and that part of being a fangirl. And so for me, fan fiction specifically started with Twilight for sure. I've mentioned before how I would take these Twilight Facebook quizzes and just like really live out the fandom on Facebook. But Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's how I first understood what a fan fiction was or was exposed to it. But then I I must have Googled like Jacob Black love story, you know? Um, Yeah. But anyways, I remember reading Jacob Black fan fiction on Quizilla and this website called Neva. And those were my t- I remember Quizilla. Really? That's yeah. so good. I feel like I don't I'm like, did Nick.com have anything like this? I don't know. Like in their forums or something, but or maybe like Quizilla was owned by a big uh, like another big company. I don't know. But I was reading on these like obscure websites that are just part of fan fiction lore at this point. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember eventually finding Wattpad and thinking that was way too high tech. Like I agree. The, the UI was just too nice for me. I didn't want it. I wanted my websites that looked like they were built on TextPad. Exactly. And then I remember there was this one Jacob Black fan fiction on Quizilla that I loved. And I would make banners for that story. <laughs> Love it. So what that is, is basically this like um, collage in the shape of a banner that you can make and send to fan fiction authors as a way to show your appreciation for their story. And so the author would write their story and then at the end or maybe at the beginning of the story, they'd have like all of their banners made by their readers. So I would spend... That was my shit, okay? I would spend so much time making banners just for this one story. Like, I think on her story, she probably had like four banners just for me <laughs> on one chapter. Um, and I would make them on Picnic or Photo Bucket. Probably both. Like, maybe I'd make the collage on Photo Bucket and then edit on <laughs> Picnic. Um, I forgot about Picnic. I know. And then I remember commenting on that particular Jacob Black story and being like... <laughs> I mean, like, ha ha ha, wouldn't it be so funny if you put Justin Bieber in this story? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but it wasn't ha ha ha. I was dead serious, okay? But I remember, like, I wanted it so bad. So I made it happen for myself by commenting that. But I remember being so embarrassed by that comment that I didn't go back on her profile for ages because I just didn't want to see <laughs> oh, the no. consequences of my actions. So anyways... I was reading a ton of Jacob Black and Justin Bieber fan fiction on Quizilla and Meba. And then it moved to All Time Low, which really helped feed into my scene girl obsession. And then for mm-hmm. All Time Low, I'd read for Alex, Jack, and Zach. I'm going to be honest. I don't know any of That's, them. That I is 100% okay. Okay. Um, and then I moved on to Hunger Games and I'd read for PETA and Finnick. Um, then Harry Potter and it was Dramine, just like you and Fromine. And that was pretty much it. Like I was never really into Ron or Harry. Oh my God. No, I also liked Draco and Luna as well. I am trying to think if I read any Luna ones. I definitely love Fromine because to me, I love Fred, but 
I knew that Draco was mine and the idea <laughs> that an actual person within the fandom lore would have him Hermione and not me was not something that I could accept until more recent <laughs> years see. yeah but like in the Harry Potter universe I have almost read every variation of characters like I had a Snape moment I you did yeah yeah I love Sirius I yeah I still do I would probably still read it there's just not many other ones that um I found that I've like really gotten into do you know um, of that Hagrid and Apple fan fiction no I did not even know Hagrid fan fictions exist yeah it's basically it's just Hagrid and an apple I think it's a full series um I love that yeah but anyways so then I went to Harry Potter then Avengers then probably okay I was gonna say then One Direction but maybe in parallel and for One Direction I went through different phases it was usually always like primarily Harry and Zane, but never Liam <laughs> that, that is so shady <laughs> um and that's all I'll say on that and then the last thing um I mean, when I say on that, I mean One Direction. But the last thing I wanted to say about my early experiences with fan fiction is I never really browsed on Archive of Our Own or AO3 because I didn't know how to. You know how I said you don't really like searching or know how to search on Reddit? That's not me on Archive of Our Own. But I do feel like I have read on Archive of Our Own and I feel like if someone recommends a fic and it's on there, then it's probably a good one. Like I feel like, that's where the masters of fan fiction write. I just don't know how to access their art. Um, but then anyways, then I stopped for a really long time because like reading fan fiction because I wasn't really into any fandom. But I'll later on, I'll get to how it's come back into my life. Yeah. And just to hit back, Archive of Our Own currently still is confusing to me. Same. It's a battle to go there like in there and understand how to search and find what you want. I really only used it in the past two years. And it's because people have recommended me the titles and I searched it on Google (laughs) and it opened up on archive of our own. And then I used the top, like the tag maybe to see a few more, but yeah, like mind you, I work in tech. I, don't fucking know how to use archive of our own like the times that I've tried it's always zero search results turn up oh same and when I've searched I'm like what like what did I pop out like, like I'm looking for Harry Potter fan fiction like Naruto and I got comes Betty up Cocker. <laughs> like, um, but honestly I kind of like that like I'm not necessarily gonna go watch an archive of our own tutorial I want it to remain mysterious to me Wait, actually, I want to go back to the shady comment before we get to the banners. Okay. Um, the reason it was shady is Harry Potter. Then I had my phase of One Direction, mm-hmm. and I used to love Liam. Liam, I know. I, when I said that, I was like, Liam was your yeah. guy. I used to love Liam Payne okay, when but why? One Direction started. I don't know. I just thought he was so cute. And at that time, when they first came out, Liam, Liam was like the the lead. The lead, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Um, the lead, I loved Liam. I would read so much Liam. I would read Ziam. Um, I 
then switched over because, you know, like more people loved Harry and Ron. Uh, <laughs> Harry and Zane. So more people loved Harry and Zane. So I did switch over to mostly Zane fictions um, just because there were more. And Zane was still hot. Um, yeah. And then there were also more Harry ones. So I would only read the ones where I knew they were either very funny or Zane was also going to be featured. I did dabble in Niall. Never in the other I ones. dabbled I in Niall. And then I went back to Harry Potter and I haven't stopped. Anyway, to get back to the banners, I know you created content then for <laughs> fan fiction authors, but did you ever write any fan fiction? I would try to write fan fiction, but I never finished or went far with anything. I think that I would read really good fan fiction and feel inspired. But then once I actually got to it, the reality is writing is so fucking hard. And it Agreed. it just took all the steam out of me. And also another thing is I'd also – I think it's like some of my motivation was coming from wanting to be fan fiction famous – but that was not enough to actually write the fan fiction. <laughs> I remember I did start a Jacob Black handwritten fan fiction notebook. This was in grade five. And I remember like it was like a um, spiral lined notebook, but I covered mm -hmm. the front and the back with printer paper and I drew my own cover on it and like throughout the chapters there'd be little illustrations as well and that was purely inspired by this episode of Wizards of Waverly Place where Alex has this magical sketchbook that she draws <laughs> in it. and then like all the things that she draws actually happen and I was like I guess you know that was an early exposure to manifestation exactly manifest your dream life I love that yeah and then I remember I accidentally lost the notebook oh. at school and then I recovered it in time I don't think anyone read it but that was horrifying I mean brave of me to be bringing it to school and like taking it out of my bag and bringing it place to place but yeah would so you write in it at school I don't know um but I do remember outlining for that fan fiction as well like what would happen in each chapter so that was probably the most dedicated I'd ever been to a fan fiction what about you did you ever write fan fiction I did I oh, yeah think I mostly wrote on Wattpad at that time when I wrote I'm trying to think if I wrote anywhere else I don't think so but similar to you I would start and I'd never finish I've written only One Direction and um, Harry Potter fan fiction. And then I'm trying to think. So for One Direction, I definitely wrote Zane. And then because I wanted also like fan fiction fame, I was the like, notoriety. yeah, I'm gonna, Yeah, I'm like, okay, Harry Styles. Everybody loves Harry Styles. Like, <laughs> you were pandering. Yeah, masses. I was like, yeah, let me talk about the green eyes and curly hair. <laughs> Never in my life the have orbs, I cared. But the airplane exactly. tattoo. Oh, I didn't even know he had that. I should. I That was another piece <laughs> I missed. That's why I didn't become fan fiction famous. Yeah, so I never finished them. Harry Potter ones, 
Draco. I think I did Fred and George. And again, like maybe I wrote a page or two and I never finished any of them. I'd be like, oh my God, cute idea, cute title, (laughs) picture, aesthetic, writing. No. No. Honestly, Um, like after I create my account, damn, I need to log off for the day. That's already hard. Yeah. (laughs) That's already hard. Okay. So like, I think we already know the answer, but do you read fan fiction now? And what do you read? Completely. I only read Dramini and I only get it from archives of our own. And like I mentioned, it's usually because like two of my best friends love Dramini fan fiction. So I will go to them and I'll just type in the title and that's how I will get my fan fiction. And I'm trying to think even in the past five or six years, I haven't read anything outside of Draco fanfic and maybe a little bit serious Black. But especially in the past three years, for sure, only Draco or Dramini. I also read fan fiction now. And pretty often, I probably read fan fiction every day because I have a Tumblr and there's a lot of drabbles there. So it's just easy to be reading fan fiction. Like I don't read full stories, um, but just like little snippets with these different characters. So how I got back into fan fiction, and it's actually been really recent, but I downloaded Tumblr again after a very long hiatus and I got back into it after reading A Court of Thorn and Roses and I wanted more Asriel content who is the most stoic of stoic men. And his story I think is coming later on in the series so there isn't a lot of content for him but I just knew that this guy was my guy. So I wanted to get more content and get his story extended through the means of fan fiction. So, but then Tumblr is different now where they have like a stuff we think you'd like type of section. It's not, it's not just your like dashboard is not just people you follow. So then it started recommending me all of this Jujutsu Kaisen content. uh, And I'll just call it JJK for short, which is this anime and manga. And I haven't even watched the anime And I haven't finished the mangas, but I was like, okay, let's go. Because the writing is so good. And I think also a part of the reason why the writing is so good is because the fandom is so big that it draws in quality content. Yeah, and more content. So now I read a lot of JJK. Mind you, I don't, like, I'm not 100% sure what happens in this, this book or like this series, but I know enough to be able to read these stories. I love that. So I know we just talked about reading fan fiction, but I know because fan fiction is like written by mostly women and in a way it's like, like I don't want to say a blog post, but it's more like not considered official writing to some people. What are, I guess, your thoughts on on that, like, are yeah. do you consider fan fiction to be real reading? Are you insecure about reading fan fiction? Like, what do you feel about that? Yeah, so I totally agree with you. I think that a lot of the shame and the reason why fan fiction gets dismissed as a legitimate, respectable art form is because it is enjoyed by and produced by 
women primarily. Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely something to look into that. Um, And also because it isn't produced through these traditional forms of publication, which, by the way, have historically been dominated by men. And to answer your direct question, I think everything is real reading. And so by that, of course, I think fan fiction is legitimate and valid reading. It's not fake reading. And I feel like people put so much effort into this craft and you are enjoying it. So you should dignify the fandom, the effort, the passion by regarding it as valid reading. And to, you know, support this point, I just think about all of these really big titles and screen adaptations that came from fan fiction. Yeah. Like Ali Hazelwood is just this knockout romance author now, and she started by writing fan fiction. And I think that's how she was discovered as uh, through her, from her agent is through her fan fiction. Twilight was a form of fan fiction for some like punk band. And then Fifty Shades of Grey is a fan fiction from Twilight. So Fifty Shades of Grey is a fan fiction of a fan fiction. And then like the Mortal Instruments or something, some really big YA series, that's Harry Potter fan fiction. There's After, which is which has movies on Netflix now yeah that's Harry Styles fan fiction like there's so many fan fictions that have made it huge and have made it beyond the sphere of fan fiction and I think that just shows how good the writing can be in fiction and often is when you just think about fan fiction as a whole and I know there was like some director who won some big award recently and in an interview she said that she still writes fan fiction so you know just like to to sum it up yeah I think that fan fiction it counts as real reading and I really respect that form of media and I have felt really insecure about reading fan fiction, but then as I don't want to feel that shame. And I do feel like that shame is probably coming from some larger oppressive forces. And so I want to rebel and reject that stigma because I'm not doing anything wrong by reading fan fiction and people aren't doing anything wrong by writing it. We're just enjoying things. And I feel like a lot of times women can be policed for enjoying things. Um, And I don't want to be. So yes, I have felt insecure. And I'm sure that there are lanes in my life currently where I wouldn't be so forthcoming about reading fan fiction. But it's not, I want to be as open and as accepting as it, uh, as possible for myself. And then also so that I can model what I want other people to feel towards reading fan fiction as well. And actually, the last last thing I'll say on this is that um, as I've gotten older and more open about it, I've learned that so many mm-hmm. of my friends have read and read fan <laughs> fiction too. And it's just like we were all doing this, but in secret. But nobody Why? wants to talk about it. Yeah. So anyways, what are your thoughts? I'll try to keep it short, but only because I literally did a class about like feminism and fan fiction. Oh. But I personally like – obviously think it's real reading like you mentioned everything is 
real reading, but I have never been insecure about reading fan fiction. And I think it was more like I didn't realize people read fan fiction. And what I mean by that is like people using YouTube. Like I didn't know other people knew how to use it. So I just never ended up talking about it because I'm like, (laughs) people even know what this is. Like Like it doesn't exist out of your. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm like, I think this is too niche to like, (laughs) like, you know, bring up. So that was one thing. Yeah. I I was just living in my own bubble of it, I think, Mm. when I was younger. Not that I was hiding it, but I just didn't know. Yeah. And I didn't really have anyone to talk about it with I think once it became like when One Direction was popular I think uh sites like Wattpad were more well known so people had talked about fan fiction on regular social media like Tumblr Mm -hmm. and Twitter at the time and I had friends at that time who liked One Direction to talk about it with um, I think outside of you, I didn't really have anyone to talk about Harry Potter fan fiction with. And then I stopped reading it for a bit because I just like it was really hard to find any good ones. And yeah, then, right. Um, I know you touched on it and I like brought it up a little bit earlier. Fan fiction and most things that women are predominantly fans of or you know do really well in like uh writing fan fiction or reading it end up being things that like society as a whole either look down on or look at like it's not a valid form of work and it might even be a weird hobby to have and it's like if you are in a band or a musician or, you know, someone like even Matt Rife, like having a female fan base and having mm-hmm. fan fiction really like it gives you more popularity. Women it's have, like the Beatles. Yeah, the like, spending powers the Beatles with are, women. Yeah. yeah. And the like not even just spending power, the time power. Like women will spend that time like creating these other uh, forms of art Mm -hmm. or like, you know, just having conversations. But yeah, even putting the time into writing fan fiction, most people are writing and they're 99% (laughs) of the time aware that um, they're not going to make money from it. It's like a hobby. And the last thing I'll say on this is like, I love Am I the Asshole Reddit post. And I was (laughs) listening to one like a month ago or something. And this guy was like, am I the asshole for looking down on my uh, girlfriend or wife for, or like making fun of my girlfriend or wife for writing fan fiction? Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. What like in fuck? general. Yes. Yeah. But he used it as context as like, you know, my girlfriend uh, has a PhD. She's super smart. Yes. And the <laughs> other day I like saw her typing behind her computer and I looked at it and I was like, oh, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm writing fan fiction. And he, like, in his head, he's all like, oh, she's so well-educated. Why is she doing this silly little girly thing? What the hell? And then, right? And then they were with friends. And I don't remember if they were with friends and family or friends. But he just randomly was like, 
oh, like, haha, she has a PhD, but she writes fan fiction. It's so it's but, like, and, it's and yeah. she writes fan, like both things yeah, can exist. Like, both things do exist. They currently exist. Like, ew. Literally, but he was using it as a way like, oh, like her PhD isn't valid or like all these other what? things. Like just because she writes, like that was the tone yeah. he was trying to put. Like, yeah, you can say you're smart, but you're not because you write and read fan fiction and it. Oh, like what makes me so angry about that is it's patriarchy that creates these things that women love and they want our money. And then the time we spend creating content just increases the capital of that product that these corporations run by men are, you know, have created. But it's just like, but then at the same time, you'll shame us for it. Like you'll exactly. take, you know, you'll take everything from us to benefit you and then simultaneously shame us for it. Like that makes me so mad. I, yeah, was there a resolution? Did did he ever do an edit? Like an update? Uh, he did an update and the update was his girlfriend broke up with him. And oh, the, love that. Yeah. I'm so um, glad. I think, yeah. <laughs> like after the party, she because he hadn't told her before, like that party, like he didn't actively tell her, oh, like, like in a patronizing way, like you're stupid for writing and reading fan fiction. So she really like saw that at the party and, and she was like, yeah, I am. I'm going to go to my place. You go to yours. Yeah. And then she like broke up with him he and tried he, to yeah, shame everybody. her and publicly yeah. as well like what did he want his friends to gang up on her and be like you are so silly and stupid where was the joke yeah where, where was like the joke oh him he was the joke like this girl has a phd <laughs> oh yeah um yeah so everybody did agree that it was you are the asshole okay good <laughs> even before the party bit just the fact that he was like, oh, making – oh, he said, am, am I the asshole for making a joke about Oh, my, he didn't even think – yeah. He wasn't even thinking that he was making fun of her. Yeah, yeah. Was like, he was just saying like a casual oh my joke. God. Okay, so let's bring this back to the joys and benefits of fan fiction. What do you think some of those are? I think it's really like feeling like you're a part of – what you're interested in so Mm. you know like one direction like I would love to have been the wife of uh Lil Wayne when I was 10 (laughs) years old and you know at the same time I would have loved to be like the obsession of Liam Payne when I was like 15 um and then all my life I would have loved to have Draco Malfoy kill everyone because he loved me so much and we live happily ever after um so yeah it's like being a part of this world that you don't think you'll be a part of especially like for me like I'm not really focusing it around um the real life people but something like uh that's fictional like Harry Mm -hmm. Potter like you get to become this character and live in a fantasy in a way and not in an unhealthy way like but yeah so that is how I feel about fan fiction as a whole reading fan fiction itself I think it's again like 
I get to read other stories and other endings and learn more about characters of a story that I really enjoyed. So it's really like just getting to enjoy more content about something you like, but it's very hyper-specific to something that you like. Like I read fan fiction about Harry Potter where it was just the backstory of the Marauders, which is Mm. like Harry Potter's dad and his group of best friends and like how they bullied Snape. (laughs) <laughs> that too so like again like it's really like getting more content yeah. about what you like within like a fictional element yeah um and I also love the fact that I can pick and choose which ones have happy endings or bad endings yeah. um different writing styles I also just enjoy reading so like this is um, just another way for you to read it. It just makes me happy. So the joy is that I get to read. I get to feel happy afterwards. And also, like, there are just plots and writing styles that aren't going to be, I know, exist within Harry Potter, which is literally a kid's or, like, a young adult fantasy novel that's not necessarily an adult dark romance. Yeah, yeah. Um, Or just based on Sophia wanting to be with Draco Malfoy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think I can echo a lot of the joys and benefits that you said. I think getting to expand that world is one of the best parts of fan fiction and just explore all these different dimensions of the story that are not canon, but still are get to be a part of that world through this type of medium. I think that another joy of fan fiction is that because it is so diverse and it is it's fan service right so my whole point is that I think you will find a story and you'll likely find many stories where there's just it feels like you belong in it um especially I think when you're young and you're yearning for all of these different things and you know in my case like Mm -hmm. I was just obsessed with romance as a kid and love and stuff like I it's satisfied through fan fiction I think that another joy of fan fiction is again it's fun that it's there's so many different lanes that you can read about this one particular world but because of that I think there's a lot of diversity as well and so I think I've inadvertently learned a lot about different genders and sexualities mm-hmm. and ways that relationships can look through fan fiction as well. I Not just in fan fiction, but I think in romance, I think that has positively, like in some aspects, really positively shaped my perceptions of relationships and how I want to feel and how I want to be treated. I know it can, you know, go the other way and set unrealistic expectations, but I do think it is there's more pros than cons in reading positive relationships, which is what I would be reading in fan fiction. Um, and then there is so much community with fan fiction yeah. as well. And, you know, it's a joy to find and celebrate writers and have excited discourse with readers about these stories as well. So I think there's there's just so many benefits when it comes to fan fiction and I 
it's something I hold really dear to my heart. Same. And even like, like going back to what you said about community, I feel like in a way closer to the author because yeah that makes sense well I'm gonna say she because I know most of them are she but they are a fan of what you're reading about like you guys have the same interests it's not just like this author is writing a trope that I like like this author actively most of the time like likes Dramini they're also a very big fan of Harry Potter and it just makes you feel closer. Yeah. And, and it's just wholesome. It like, is really wholesome. Like, just... fan fiction as a whole, I agree. It's so wholesome. And the last thing I will say about it, the other joy of fan fiction is the authors themselves, their personal lives. And what I mean by that is they're – are a lot of really well-known fanfic writers. And if you are in that community, you'll probably know these parts of the lore. But there was this one author who's like, sorry, guys, I was in, um, I was like kidnapped. So that's why I couldn't update. Somebody else was like, I got taken into like, what do you call it? Like when you have to do service for war, like, so she was in jail because she wasn't going to oh my God. serve her country. Oh, is that? Yeah, yeah. drafted. Yeah. Like, um, I forget what country she was from, but I guess that's like a thing. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, so like those types of things that have popped up have also been good. But I do like when fan fiction, like the author puts the little blurb or it's like, oh, sorry, guys. Like, you know, I was on school break. Love an author's I they, note. I love an author's note. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love when they start with something like that, but I do also love that larger fan fiction lore that everybody knows yeah, about. Yeah, I know like, what you're talking about. The parts of being kidnapped and worrying <laughs> about your fan fiction instead <laughs> of being kidnapped. Not even the author gets kidnapped. They just forgot about it for like 10 years. There's like an update at the bottom like, hey guys, uh, I'm I'm going on vacation. We'll be back for an update. A 10-year vacation, babe? In this economy? Yeah. Like, and you don't have any, like, we're all anonymous, so it's not like I can find out if you're lying. Um, Okay. Yeah. Well, we talked a lot about Dramione today, and this has all led up to this final question. Please tell us about Manacled. What the hell is going on? Okay. TikTok had been slightly like blowing up with Dramine. It was like trickling mm-hmm. in. And then specifically last year, the fanfic Manacled by Senlin Yu blew up. Everybody was like, you have to read this, which is funny in the sense last year was 2023. She wrote this in 2018 and oh. finished it in 2019. And I'm pretty sure it's a sev- it's a 77 chapter fanfic with 370 thousand words. So it it was long. Like when I had it loaded into my iBooks, it was showing like 3,000 pages, oh and 1,000 pages usually means it's a 300 page book. So. Yeah, so it blew up. A lot of people were obsessed with it in the sense of not specific to the niche of Dramini or Harry Potter fanfic, but just like people in general mm-hmm. were just aware of this fanfic. 
so once Manacles started, it started with other Dramini fanfics. So most notable afterwards are The Auction, Secrets and Masks, and Lady of the Lake, and then another one called Breath Mint. And if you're on AO3, I believe if you type in Dramini, those might be, I think Manacle does show up first, but I think the other names show up in the top 10. So it wouldn't be hard for you to search in general, like the titles, but what the plot of Manacled is, and I'm trying really hard to word it without being a spoiler, but um, it's alternate reality of Harry Potter and it's dystopian. And what is dystopian is um, it's similar to Handmaid's Tale. So what's happening is this is like post-war Harry Potter land. And the women who are not pure bloods are and are younger are being used as surrogates for married couples who are pure bloods but can't have children. Um, so they're basically in this like kind of they're being put in this dungeon type thing they have manacles on their hands and what the manacles do is it causes them to follow the exact orders of whoever whatever couple they end up with and it takes away their magic and Hermione ends up with Draco's and his wife as the like surrogate here it's very dark. I wouldn't say it's super smutty. It's a very slow burn, but it's written very well. It's very dystopian. What happens to the women is dark. Hermione's situation isn't necessarily dark, but what they talk about Mm -hmm. in total and happening to other women is dark. So just read the triggers. But even if you don't like Hermione and even if you don't like Harry Potter... This is written so well, and it's fantasy building of its own, where I don't think you need to know that much background about Harry mm. Potter to read it. It's just written so well, and it doesn't just center around their romance, where I would recommend everyone read it. Like, it's a five star. Is it my favorite book ever? No. But that is the blow up. It's really good. I'm shocked that it's still going. Like people are still like talking about they just read Manacled. It's still going. I'm shocked in the sense that like it's people who aren't really reading a lot of fan fiction or a part of the fandom. I am a little bit hesitant to read it because of and the it's dark. Sad. Yeah, like the dark and sad nature of it. But I just aptly listening to you as you were describing it it sounds so good and I feel like this is probably like a perfect example of how impressive fan fiction can be and it sounds like this writer her craft is so respectable and she's made this world into its own thing but at the same time is so satisfying because she draws heavily from the source material and it really does feel like it's just expanding the world in a really satisfying way and the premise sounds very unique and intriguing and you want to know what happens next so I'm I, I don't know I thought that was really cool and I think that 
you told me how some people are getting the fan fiction printed as like a physical book with a beautiful cover to put and display on their shelves. And I, that's the first time I ever heard of that. And again, I think that just shows how incredible fan fiction can be as, as an art form. And to add to that, the artwork for Manacled, like the cover throughout the book, is so, so good. I do know the author has mentioned recently, like, she does not want people to bind the books anymore outside of personal use or gifting. And in general, that's the only way you should do it. Mm-hmm. But people will bind books, unfortunately, for a profit. And some other people are better where they'll bind it just to cost, which is how you should sell the books because it's not your own mm-hmm. artwork. Sorry, it's not your own writing artwork. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is the fan fiction writers do not want to be sued by Warner Brothers um, if it ever comes out. Like, they don't want to be associated with that. But yeah, these book binders are crazy in how much they charge. It's like two or $300 and takes months to come. Um, And mind you, the writer wrote it for free. Yeah, they wrote it for free and they give you the artwork and like they give you enough artwork to create like the cover and everything else. But yeah, my favorite fanfic and I would say most people who have started with Manacle will tell you that it's very similar in the sense of how good it's written is Secrets and Mass. If you didn't like the fact that Hermione was, you know, shackled and really like left, like in a place where she wasn't strong with her magic, Secrets and Mass is a great book to do. It's very similar in the sense that like it's during the war fighting. It's super funny. Hmm. And what happens is basically Hermione's dark in the sense she's okay with using dark magic, but the order isn't and she's a killer so someone from Voldemort's side is feeding information to Hermione to help her but they wear masks and Hermione doesn't know who it is so one it's finding the mystery of that the main other plot is Hermione gets kidnapped and then um, she's supposed to stay with Draco in Draco's house lives Astoria and Theo Theo is hilarious. A story is so nice in this book. Hermione, Draco, they're like fighting, real enemies to lovers. She's so powerful. And the reason Voldemort lets her live is that, one, he puts like magic on her and Draco where it's like if she tries to kill him, she'll die. And two, they want to use Hermione against uh, the Order I know it sounds like this isn't as intriguing, but like I'm trying not to spoil the greatest part. (laughs) Like the greatest part starts so early in the book that I can't even go into it. They get a happily ever after in the sense that the ending is them together. That's as much as I'll say. Um, This one has a lot more action. It does have a lot of good story building, but I literally cannot speak about it without (laughs) giving um, too much away. But it's Secrets and Masks. Oh, I forgot who it was written by, but you'll see it in the show notes. Oh, Germione, they are so cursed. But I think that's part of the allure of the couple. Thank you for the summary of those Germione hits. I 
have been feeling like Jermaine's been really blowing up on social media, particularly mm-hmm. TikTok. And I knew that you knew the scoop. So thanks for getting us all up to speed. I thought that I would end us off on a more lighthearted note with a round of fan fiction this or that. So first question, original character or self-insert? Self-insert. But I read mostly Dramini, so I mostly read uh, original character. I just think of it as myself. So really, it doesn't matter who's in there. (laughs) I would say for myself... I read majority self-insert because I just feel like that's what's on Tumblr and I feel like that's what more people like, so that's what writers write. But I started off with, and I do really enjoy, original character. Okay, second one. YN, which stands for your name, or just pet names like baby? Um, I think I like pet names, but like I don't only want pet names I do not like seeing why I know it it kind of takes me away from the story for a little bit yeah like it's like a weird block um but if it's like a name or pet names like I like both but if it's y slash n y n then pet names yeah yeah okay drabbles one shots or multi-chapters what do you mean by drabbles oh drabbles it's just like um, maybe just like a couple paragraphs, just like one scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, multi chapters, but I do love one shots and drabbles. I just don't really read them or find them yeah. as much. I think because I'm on Tumblr, there's a lot of drabbles. Um, but I started off with like I loved a good long multi chapter. I wanted as much content. I would say now for me, drabbles. Okay. Cerulean orbs or tongues battling for dominance? Tongues battling for dominance. (laughs) Agree. I really don't care about the eyes of a man. I also am not really into blue eyes. So tongues battling for dominance for me. Okay. And finally, angst or fluff? Angst. I'm going with fluff. Angst just is too much for me. Like, I feel as if every single feeling and body part I have is, like, constricting with angst. I don't know. Like, I think angst is just a part of enemies to lovers. Yeah, like, that's you just true. can't have it. Um, I also feel like with fluff, I don't want to – like, angst, like, eight out of ten times, I know there's smut. Fluff, well, yeah, yeah. Like, it's 50-50. It's 50-50. Um, actually, just in general, I love angst. I am an Aries. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see, we love fan fiction, and we love you for listening. I know this was a long one, so thank you for listening through this ride. Book Babes Banter will be releasing an episode every other Saturday, so be sure to come back and listen to more bookish rambles. And follow us on Instagram at Book Babes Banter. And if you like the episode, be sure to give us five stars on your podcast listening app. See you soon, Book Babes. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.